Welcome, change agents. I'm so glad you're here. This is Cheryl Klein, and you're listening to the Limitless Leader Podcast. Hey there. Well, today is an extremely special day. I can't wait for part two with amazing Natalie from State Street. Natalie, thank you so much for being here. You are even stepping into newer and grander leadership roles since we talked last time, and I really can't wait for you to share your wisdom today. Well, thank you so much. I really appreciate being here again with you. It's always a pleasure to chat with you. And so before we, um, you know, jump in and talk a little bit about, um, you know, what's most important to you and all of the amazing initiatives that you're kicking off for State Street. And um, I thought I would ask uh, to elaborate a little bit about what really sparked your interest in DNI. Why are you so passionate about it? to basically take on a couple different jobs to make sure that the workplace is going to be different for yourself and, you know, women coming in after you. Yeah, no. <laughs> um, I, I appreciate the question. It's interesting because I feel like I've always had this like job on the side of my desk <laughs> with DNI and, and, it used to feel like my superpower, like, yes, I come with this as well, right? But but what I, I got that question um, some time ago and it really like made me think back, like when did this all start for me? You know, when, where did, because some people choose to get engaged. Mm -hmm. I would love more to get engaged and and it made me pensive about um, my background with it. And, and it's funny, I actually think all the way back to high school that I saw and observed a wrong and I saw the authority not address it. And it made me wonder, and I remember the moment of, well, am I not important enough that the, the staff, the administration of our high school didn't, didn't write this wrong? So um, just to be more specific, uh, it was just after MLK's birthday, which is in January, and it was kicking off Black History, Black History Month was like right around the corner, it was around that timing. And our school, I went to a predominantly white school um, here in Massachusetts and um, someone wrote something pretty obscene on a picture of MLK in the hallway. And and I was already like, we could do a little bit more effort um, uh, to, to celebrate you know, our great history um, with Martin Luther King Jr. But then they wrote someone, a random student wrote something pretty obscene on the picture and the school left it up and I thought, not only clearly, the, you know, he wrote the N-word on the picture, clearly that's obscene, but for the school to leave it up and not reprimand and not acknowledge and like that seemed more egregious to me. Um, so I, I, I felt like this, my sister and I actually went into overdrive. We like wanted to address it and we went to the, this happened to be right outside of one of the departments. We went to the department head and said, okay, first of all, you got to take that down. And then now what are you going to do? Uh, now you need to educate folks and you need to tell people why this is important. This is around when other things were happening in history. And well, then like a week later was Black History Month. And it was, again, just one picture. And I was like, well, that's going to get defiled. <laughs> so <laughs> I remember um, my sister, my sister's only a year older than me. So I was a junior, she's a senior. And we were like, okay, well, we would love to, get in the get in the uh, mix of this and can we have the display case that's right outside the principal's office which is the first one you see right when you walk into the school because that's the only locked one 
that you can't get to. Mm -hmm. And we were like, we'll take care of it. So literally every day for Black History Month that year, we came in early, <laughs> very early for school and changed the display case to show, first of all, there's more than just MLK in Black history. <laughs> there's more than just a couple of names that might come to mind when you think of great, um, you know, Black people in, in the history of this country. And we wanted to show the magnitude. We wanted to show uh, the variety. We wanted to show all of the category, all the greatness that that we weren't learning about, um, you know, in our classes. And that, and for some reason, my, I so appreciate my mom for doing this. She had just kind of subliminally left mm -hmm. a lot of this information that I felt like I just wanted to share it. And so literally every day was like, African-Americans in literature, and then another day, African-Americans in art, and African-Americans in sports. Clearly, a lot of folks can remember, you know, and, and rattle off names. So just wanting to share the beauty and greatness and, and excellence that isn't being celebrated in this country um, at the time. So, and then from there, um, I remember a classmate of mine nominating me for something. So here's the DNI piece and also the leadership piece. I didn't feel ready, but a friend of a colleague of mine, uh, fellow student, Miles um, Lawton, he had nominated me to be president of our peer assistance leadership council, which I was like, why are you dominating? He's like, she can do it. She can do it. <laughs> he had more faith than me. And it actually turned out to be such a great experience of being able to have some leadership experience and directing our team. And and the, the whole concept of that council was to go into the middle schools and, you know, some middle school students challenge their parents, but they may be willing to listen to their older siblings, right? So we're older sibling age. So we would go in and talk about all different topics. So like just both of those experiences really just stuck with me as something as I, I'm, I'm impacting others. I'm hopefully, um, broadening folks, people's minds. And that has always just been then something that I'm like, I come with this too. And I come with that too. And, um, so that's, that's where it sparked definitely. And then in college did the same and my other work experiences before State Street. And then I've been here now 13 years and 13 years have been a part of our employee networks and resource groups. Um, it's just been active ever since. And you're not slowing down anytime soon <laughs> for what I can tell. Um, and so I just really want to highlight something that you mentioned that happened in high school, because two things that happened were really quite beautiful and amazing. One is you had a male ally that picked you, uh, what I call a proactive ally. Yeah. Not somebody waiting for you to say, will you be my sponsor? Will you be my mentor? He's like, no, nope. I see her. She's amazing. She's going to go do that. And so I don't think that your, um, classmate knew how maybe didn't even know how amazing this was but it's something that's so important in the workplace because you know as we've all seen you know most workplaces are still male dominated especially when it comes to the higher levels in um in leadership and so that proactive sponsorship is so important so i just wanted to really highlight that and say how amazing it was that you had that classmate and then also your ability to be like what are you crazy okay i'll try <laughs> because, I mean, as, as you well know you know us women not to throw us under the bus all at the same time but we're box checkers right mm -hmm. well i don't know i haven't checked eight of the boxes or nine of the boxes when our male counterparts tend to be like 
two or three boxes, I'm good. I'm going to give it a try. And so um, just your willingness to really go for it at a young age um, really kind of made you world class and a high performer even before you probably knew what that was. Absolutely. And, and you're right. I'm, I'm so grateful to him for that because it's you're, you're right. I, I didn't notice it at the time, of course, but it just opened this whole other element that was fulfilling to me. And we're still good friends to this day. So I'm, I'm absolutely great. And I, I think it's wonderful too, because there's one of the major things that sets world-class performers aside from everyone else is that everyone has, you know, either anger, fear, worry, all those negative emotions, but world-class performers, they just like, they move forward anyway. And so for anyone watching, if there's, you know, if you get pushed to do something by someone who clearly has your best interest at heart, or if there's something that you want to do, but you're a little fearful, then uh, follow Natalie's lead and just go for it. So that's awesome. And so if you were to, um, you know, you've been at State Street now for 13 plus years, not, not simply doing an amazing job in your role, but in multiple of the, you know, ERGs and not just belonging to them, but leading them. Um, and if you were to look at your, you know, your professional journey, either at State Street or when you started as a professional um, woman in the, back, in the workplace, is there a message that you would give to your younger self? Like if you could pull your younger self aside and say, you know, you should always really remember to do this. Or I did this when I was your age, but if I knew better, I would have maybe done that. So anything along those lines to share for maybe some emerging leaders that are trying to get on the fast track to, you know, uh, being VP or C-level executive? Uh, well, absolutely. And it's more of the latter of that you mentioned. There are definitely some things that I would I would uh, give caveats to my younger self or certainly want to share with um, anyone who is in our audience that's younger. Um, it's it's about clarity. And, and, and that's such a key lesson that I feel like I've learned later in my years, <laughs> my seasoned years. Um, you know, I I feel like even coming out of college and I went to a great school, I went to Bentley University, you know, a phenomenal experience education wise, social wise, mm, that was a different story. But, um, uh, you know, academically felt confident. And yet because of some life experiences, things happening with my family, things happening with friends, things happening, I, I allowed my confidence to be knocked and I just kind of went to all right survival mode of you know okay i need a, I need an opportunity okay what's next in life you just kind of go through the motions and that's the that's the key that i want to share with folks is like take the moment to get clarity and and drive towards it because it wasn't until later that i feel like i gained more clarity and was driving towards what i want rather than what just fulfilled needs or what just um felt like this is what you're supposed to do. I went to a business school, so let me go work in, in this or go do, you know what I mean? And yet when I see young folks, all right, some of our interns, some of our um, you know, younger colleagues uh, that just have so much clarity, I, I 
you know, applaud them and then want to help make the way for them and and want to clear the way and 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 connect them with whoever I, I I can to to help because they have that clarity. So I think that that's such a huge uh, factor for folks as they're going along in their in their careers is not just don't take just the next thing right here. We were just talking about um, you know if a sponsor does give you the opportunity, sure, and you don't have all that clarity, it's okay because it's the experience, but having clarity actually will have the, the sponsors and the mentors propel you forward into the road that you don't even realize is going to bring you to, you know, where that, what you quote unquote call success or that dream opportunity. Um, and it's because you may be speaking of, of, of your desires or your, you know, um, the, the vocation that really, that, that is clear for you. So I think taking the time to do that is um, more really effective. And then, so what, you know, clarity, at least, you know, as a coach, I've seen it, is that clarity is fluid. Like, you know, sometimes we're clear, but then we have this feeling in our gut and our heart that maybe we're supposed to pivot. And so, you know, of course, I have tools and resources to get clear and figure out what that is. But can you share what's helped you when maybe you've maybe been a little off path to course correct? Yeah, so... Um there's been a, a couple of things. Uh, I think definitely I can attribute a lot of, um, you know, gaining my clarity or getting back on track to mentors in my life. Um, so like I mentioned, I'm, I really, that, that really resonated with me when I read, um, was it Malcolm Gladwell's book, uh, being a connector like that really just, Oh my gosh, that's, that's me. Right. Um, so I, I think people underestimate, connecting with and building your network with people because that can actually really help you um because you don't know what you don't know right um i know there's that that grid um of of you know you know what you know you know you don't know what you don't know so having mentors in your world and seeking out just more folks in your industry in your company um in your networks as far as like professional networks affinity groups or what have you um can really help that that really helped me um but also just the expanding there were a couple more times in my career path that i did just take the challenge of well you know for example i was catching up with a friend of mine uh this is years after college and you know i was just looking, trying to gain some clarity on my career path and, and um, ready for a trend. I felt the moment, like you said, should I pivot? Should I not? Should I, what have you? And I was talking with a, a, um, a Bentley alum as well. And he was like, come, come join this board with me. And he just invited me to, to join this. And it again, opened up so many doors as far as just skills build me building skill sets me connecting with more folks me uh, being able to uh you know i joined the team this was the national black mba association and joined the team and um you know just tried to absorb as much information and that again helped me gain clarity as to okay this is you know clearly the next step for me or um i was able to to gain leadership experience management experience advising with corporate relations uh you know just it broadened things that i hadn't so i didn't plot that but it but I did go to that next step because of the network. So um, because of just really uh, building those relationships with folks. Yeah. And by the way, I wanted to mention and remind everyone, if you have any questions for Natalie, go ahead and post them in the chat and we'll make sure that they get answered. Um, again, I wanted to highlight something 
that you said that's so important because sometimes we might be going down one path and like I said, feel in our gut and our heart that maybe we should do something else, but we get a little bit, it's possible we get a little bit paralyzed by, you know, that last X amount of years, I got my degree in this, I've been working in this, how do I pivot either inside my company or out? And so I think it's really important what you were talking about is the next step could just be to talk to someone, to build a relationship, to talk to someone who, you know, if, you know, you're looking, you know, I have um, a young uh, niece who's, I think she's 29 now, but, you know, she was working in consulting. She knew it wasn't for her. So she took some time off to slow down and she wanted to be in supply chain. But she knew nothing about it. So the first step is she talked to an executive in supply chain. Like, what do you like? What do you recommend that I do? Could I do this? Can I make the transition? What do you advise my first step? So she had to take a class in coding and a class in something else and a certificate. And I don't know. And now she's has an amazing job in supply chain. So sometimes that next step can just be research or a phone call or something like that, or being around people like you were talking about that um, can really lift you up and help you gain clarity. So what I'm hearing is, and I've seen over and over that, you know, clarity is not gained in solitude. Sometimes we just run around in circles in our head. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I'm definitely known to do that yeah. to myself, but I, I couldn't agree with you more. It's, it's um, sometimes it, it is that conversation that can bring that epiphany moment. Yeah. yeah, and I want to make sure too that we, you know, address the title of the interview, which is using change to your advantage. Before we went live, we were talking about some of the change that's been happening, some good and certainly some not so good, of course, that's you know, weighing really heavy on everybody's heart. Well, not everybody's heart, not hanging heavily on you know, people's every should be hanging heavy on more people's heart is what I'm getting at. But, you know, do you have, um, you know, we want to keep making progress, keep it moving forward, despite things that feel like setbacks, or despite things where we feel like we're not making progress. So can you share a strategy that you use when you get kind of a gut punch about something? that, you know, we were talking, you know, this is being filmed just a couple of days after the 4th of July, where sometimes you're putting your flag up and, you know, based on what's going on, like, you know, shouldn't I be more proud to put this flag up than I am? It's just, you know, sometimes hard. And so um, in light of wanting to continue on to make progress, is there a strategy or some advice that you can share you know, how to manage some of these things that are going on and then take a pause and a deep breath and keep moving forward. Yeah, so just what what this country, actually the world has been experiencing um, of late in the last couple of years, never mind this past month, um, has, is really, is really heavy, right? And, and, you know, and you're asking about what tool do you get through? And there's many, right? Many in your toolbox that you may access. But in particular, in the past month, I actually appreciate one that you shared with a lot of folks in your book, um, Zoned In. And I, I loved it. You, you know, it was published a couple of years ago. So 
folks who don't have it, you should definitely go and um, take a look I at it. I did not pay you to say that. <laughs> you did not. And you didn't know that I was going to share that. But when you ask that question, I can't help but think about the imagery training, right? The, it's, it's just, it's a tool that I think people don't even realize they've been using. And I want to help remind folks to use it, especially now. So imagery training, well, you could probably share the definition, a definition of it a lot better than I can, but really quickly, I think it's so key because it's, it's about really taking the time to envision your next steps. I know you mentioned it about like Olympic athletes, right? They go through months of preparation for the Olympics um, literally envisioning the day that they're going to compete, envisioning, you know, getting ready and and weighing in and, and prepping and and um, running their race or doing whatever, you know, sport that they're preparing for. And just all of the steps, they really envision it. So when we think about today and some of the trials that we go through, I mean, literally there was another mass shooting the other day. There was, here it was a holiday and yet that was heavy for me because I think about, well, did this whole country just celebrate Juneteenth? Like, I think it should be honored. I don't know. Um, I, you know, just a few weeks ago, we did honor, you know, formally at my company, uh, Juneteenth for the first time, uh, the newest federal holiday. And and I, and I, it really resonates about, all right, who does it mean something for? And who, when I think about how do we walk through change and, and try to grow from it, it's it's about imagining what would I like to see? And I try to walk towards that. I would like to see more respectful people of everyone's bodies. What does that mean? What does that take? So instead of ruminating, which I, I think I'm the queen of at times, um, you know, just festering with these heavy thoughts, what would I like to see? And what is it gonna take for me to get there? So I, I, just, I just appreciated learning about that tool, reading about that tool and, um, you know, practicing it, right? They say practice makes progress. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. Not perfect. Not perfect, but progress. And so practicing what I would like to see, um, because one of the important things that why I think that's, that it resonated for me as a Black female professional, I am still, it's 2022, and we are still, we, this country is still seeing a lot of firsts. And I don't know if that really resonates for everyone, but think about that. If I'm first in my my family to do a lot of things, um, a lot of us are. This generation, my generation is first to make the salaries that we're making, have the titles that we're doing, where a lot of us are first time homeowners in our family. Like that's... We're, we're so conquering this, you know, new land all the time. There's constant change. And so how do we get that to our advantage is really trying to envision, okay, what else would I would like to see for myself, for my family, for my community, for this country? Um, and I think that that's um, really, really important to, to imagine it and walk towards it. Yeah, and that's so important. If you don't mind, I'm going to add one thing to what you said. And that is to take a moment and sit in honor, you know, with with pain, the heaviness, and honor maybe the people, and the might be ourselves, it might be other people, um, but honor the emotions uh, that we're feeling, um, and then and then take a step back 
and then do exactly what you're saying. You're such an amazing student, by the way, in addition to being an amazing teacher. But then think about how would I ask yourself the question, how would I like this to turn out and what's my next best step? And then from that place, we can step out of anger and emotion and say, oh, I'm going to talk to my boss to figure out a way within our company to even celebrate this holiday, you know, and raise more awareness. Yeah. You know, or I don't know, that's that's where creativity and progress and kind of constructive change happens. So I agree with you kind of a hundred percent, but sometimes it takes some preparation because that can't happen from a place of emotion especially from a place of negative emotion, which is 100% understandable. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. But sometimes it's just not, um, at the end of the day, helpful to move initiatives forward that are near and dear to us. Absolutely. I'm, I feel like even that, I'm a student learning about, it, it's easy to react, but you want to take the time to respond. So I think that, you know, that is such a, an important thing. Um, so as just a really quick other example, one of the other hats that I wear um, at State Street. So a couple of years ago, like many other corporations, but, uh, you know, it was special to see State Street commit to 10 action steps addressing racism and inequality um, at, within our company, but within the communities that we're in and we're a global company. So hopefully to see that impact um you know, really ripple throughout all the communities that we're in. And we, from the 10 actions, so each action step is a d direct effort that we're trying to make to address, you know, racism and inequality, for example, you know, tripling our number of black and brown leaders in our, um, you know, upper echelon of the company and our executive leadership, um, encouraging more uh, communications and training. And, um, but specifically the one that I was, Voluntold or affectionately voluntold to be. I am not that, but I'm going to have to remember that. <laughs> um, is about um, civic engagement and reflection in and around Juneteenth. And um, once again, like the first thing that hit me was, well, Juneteenth is very significant in the United States, not necessarily across the globe. So how do we make this impactful and really show the importance, regardless of anyone's location? We are forty thousand people. Um, in, in, in over 30 countries. And um, so I found out, which is something I didn't know, Race Unity Day is also in June. So whether it's United States and you're honoring Juneteenth or you're anywhere else in the world and you want to honor race unity, it still is the same, uh, similar, I would say, similar um, impact of, of really like people, I, I genuinely feel like people would want to take action, want to engage, but don't necessarily know how. So our team, been working with our team uh, for a couple of years now, um, de designing training, designing actions, designing opportunities to work in their communities, but then the reflection point, providing a space for them to reflect. And um, that's, that's at least providing step one, step two, <laughs> like just provide that space for folks. So I'm really proud of uh, our team that that's been building what that looks like. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I think too, just to, you know, add on to that, if you're, and I'm not talking about religion, but if you're for folks who are spiritual and you can actually look into the biology of how none of us are honestly different, 
that there actually there's more similarities, not just between human beings and their race, but also with all living things um, and in nature. So um, I think, you know, it is a great place to start. We have a lot of work to do, but I really honor your work. And for everyone listening, is there a parting call to action that you would like to share with everyone? Either remember this or do this, or what would you like to leave everyone with? Um, I, I, you know, what comes to mind is something, I, it came from a conversation that I had recently um, and, and it just really helped. It was a couple of my colleagues um, on my team and we were just talking about some of the heaviness of, of late, right? And it's emotionally connect. It's un, unveil the truths and then share the light. It takes nothing from me to enlighten the next person and hopefully we're both growing and then impacting others, right? So, but I first need to emotionally connect with you. I need to unveil the truth, maybe uh, share more information or let's go look at it, what have you, but then share that light. Share, if I, if, for a sponsor, open the door for someone. It doesn't take from you to do that. Um, you know, engage with someone, ask questions, like just, just connect with folks unveil the truth and then share that light. I think that would be something that I, I wanna definitely continue to share with all um, that I try to do on a regular basis. Yeah, well, thank you so much. And if we can all connect with someone and um, really unveil the light within ourselves and with them, and maybe if it's one person a week, I don't know about you, it can be something different for everyone, but just you know, offering a suggestion for what Natalie said, like on Mondays, you know, I just have in my calendar a Monday reach out you know, or Monday connect and just thinking or setting some type of, you know, goal or something to actually do that. And if you imagine if everyone did that, then eventually we'd probably make a lot of progress for real change. And so, so. <laughs> Natalie, thank you so much for all the good that you're putting into the world. You're an amazing leader and I look forward to continuing to follow your journey. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Appreciate your time. If you've enjoyed this episode, follow or subscribe to the Limitless Leader podcast with Cheryl Klein on whatever podcast platform you use. We'll let you know every time we release a new episode. And if you really enjoyed what you've heard so far, rate and review us too. That's one of the best ways that you can support us and make sure that this podcast keeps going. And also, I offer a significant library of free mental toughness and high-performance videos, worksheets, tips, and other helpful content on my website at www.cherylkline.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Cheryl Klein, and I look forward to having you back next time. And remember, you're only limited by what you think is possible. Cheering you on always.